0: Welcome to Prairie Craft Almanac, a podcast exploring craft, nature, and simple living. From discussions on sewing and knitting, to sharing valuable resources, to just chatting about what's going on in the studio or garden, this is where I like to talk about all things creative. I'm your host, Leanne, and I'm also the maker behind Moth & Rust DIY, a blog where I share free knitting patterns, sewing tutorials, artist interviews, my musings on inspiration and more. I'm all about living your best creative life, and it is always my goal to inspire, encourage, and lift up others in their own creative journeys. Today, fashion and forming collide. I'm also sharing some inspiring artists found via that most magical channel of communication known as the internet. I'm also chatting about preparing for some upcoming events. So stay tuned. How are you today? I hope you're well. Um, so I'm a little bit overwhelmed now (laughs) after several years of not doing any events at all, I have two coming up now, one in less than a month, and then another one several weeks after that. They should both be pretty laid back, but it's been so long and I am perpetually feeling unprepared for everything so I'm a little nervous but also excited Um, I just need to make sure I stay focused I might be skipping an episode um, in March I don't know I'll try to not but don't be surprised if you don't see me posting anything I will of course always keep you updated on events uh, on Instagram. So if you don't follow me there, you might think about it. But anyway, my main focus right now needs to be art because one event is an art show. And then I also need to be focusing on slow fashion and textiles because of course the other is a fashion event. Like I mentioned in the last episode, I have a new punch needle. And since that episode, I have been playing around with it Uh a bit. Not as much as I'd like, of course, but it is so much fun and I am loving it more and more. In previous art shows that I've been part of, I usually have done things like painting or drawing, but I really want to incorporate more textile and fiber arts into this show, which you know, kind of makes sense for me. Also in case you don't know, I also have kind of an obsession with zines or little mini self-published magazines. They're basically just homemade booklets uh, that you can print out and they're a lot of fun and I've been working on updating and compiling some of my old slow fashion zines that I made a while back. I also have some other ideas uh, for little zines that I'd like to bring to the art show, but I don't know how far I'll get on those. So I don't need to be talking about that yet, I guess. (laughs) Oh, and of course there's that other thing. Um, that's going to start happening right now, and that is the garden season. It's still, well, actually today's pretty warm. Um, I know it's early, but since I do have access to a greenhouse, I can begin starting some of my seeds now. And I haven't yet, Um, but I can begin whenever. And it's making me a little bit anxious because I really wanted to start some cool weather crops like spinach and maybe even cabbage to see how they'll do. In the spring, but I haven't done any of that yet. So like I said, I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed. And um, I know that's only going to intensify as we head into spring and summer. And the other thing that I mentioned in my last episode, that I was having a giveaway to celebrate my new logo. The giveaway is now over. The winners have been drawn. The prizes sent. And I just wanted to say I appreciate everyone so much who played along. Also, a number of people have very kindly expressed their love of the new moth and rust logo design, and they even said that they might like to have it on a t-shirt. And I have actually been looking into that. I'm not 100% sure it's going to happen, but I've been researching a little bit and it is something I might like to do eventually. If I did, I wouldn't be printing these t-shirts myself because I'm not really set up for that. And I don't want to create a bunch of goods that might not be sold uh, because as you know, textile and garment waste is already a huge problem. And I don't want to contribute to that, of course. So I would be using a print-on-demand company if I did this, which would mean that the only products that would actually physically be produced would be the ones that somebody had already purchased and wanted. So um, that's something I'm looking into. And that's also a little overwhelming because I do want to find just the right product and I want them to be printed in the USA, if not entirely sourced from the USA. Anyway, that's probably enough uh, rambling on about me right now. Today, I wanted to share some discoveries of creative people because I don't know if you've noticed, but there are a lot of them out there and they continue to astonish me. While there may be a lot of things about the internet that are less than ideal, it's still wonderful how it can expose you to so many different talented people. I'm amazed at the different creative, innovative things I stumble onto on a daily basis. First up, I want to talk about Sky High Farm Workwear. Sky High Farm, as I understand it, is actually a separate entity from Sky High Farm Workwear. But both the farm itself and the workwear fashion line were founded by artist Dan Colon. Sky High Farm is a regenerative farm in New York, and it's a non organization that donates all of its fresh produce to food banks, pantries, and other food access organizations in their area. Aside from meeting the immediate needs of those around them, they're also working toward long-term solutions to food insecurity. They do good work within the community, and they're just doing good in so many ways. Now, Sky High Farm Workwear is a clothing line that makes, as they put it, Playful, romantic gear meant to be put to work. I would say that's a pretty accurate description. So, Sky High Farm Workwear is a brand that makes a profit, and Sky High Farm is the sole beneficiary. The idea is that, quote, a lasting and communal mode of fundraising would help ensure that the farm could continue to meet demand prior to launching S-H-F-W-W, the farm tested out the fashion-to-food hypothesis, proudly collaborating with creatives, artists, and organizations to raise funds through limited edition apparel releases, unquote. The clothing is, of course, sustainably made, often from organic, recycled, or dead-stock materials, hailing from places like France, Italy, and Portugal. Traditionally styled work jackets are emblazoned with playful floral embroidery, shirts and undies are printed with cute farm-themed motifs, And there is the most fabulous intarsia sweater featuring a cuddling strawberry and moon design. And I just love it. The whole vibe is so fun and whimsical, which is, as far as I'm concerned, always welcome. Throw in the fact that they're combining agriculture and clothing and community service, and I am just in love. I will mention that the sustainable nature of the clothing uh, is reflected in the price. It's Impossible, though, to have cheap clothing while expecting workers and the earth to be treated fairly. While it might be a while before I make a purchase, I'm really inspired by what they're doing, and I think it is such an interesting model for organizations. The next artist I discovered via Instagram, of course, and she is Autumn Callison, the maker behind Threads and Throws in Charleston, South Carolina. She is sewing sustainable fashion made from colorful vintage textiles, naturally. But there is something to her work that I can't quite put my finger on, but it just makes me so happy. She sews a lot of what I used to call hippie apron dresses and tops, along with patchwork skirts, corset tops, and all sorts of wildly creative pieces. Her work reminds me of the things I used to sew a long time ago and sell on eBay, except hers are really a lot better. (laughs) And That's not me putting myself down or even being modest, it's just the truth. But Autumn's work, along with some others that I've been seeing in a similar style, have been making me want to get back to making really fun stuff. A lot of Autumn's pieces incorporate vintage quilts and they are all so colorful. There is something really extravagant yet still very down to earth and comforting about all of her creations. And I really do hope you'll take a look at her work because it is just a real delight. And finally, I literally just stumbled across this today, um, on Pinterest. Sophia Guseva, which I may be saying that incorrectly, probably, but she is a Russian artist who creates the most exquisite hand-beaded embroidered brooches and she sells them on Etsy and as far as I'm concerned they are just tiny masterpieces. They just have this sort of ethereal beautiful quality and yes, they are whimsical. <laughs> I can't help it. I love whimsy, you know it. She stitches birds, hearts, stars, flowers, rabbits, snakes, just an assortment, and they're all different and just really, really incredible. I truly cannot describe the beauty of these pieces. They are so inspiring. As a side note, I'm also a little shocked at how affordable they are, considering the work that's in each piece. So whether you want to make a purchase or just want to look at some really pretty, nay, gorgeous textile art, Follow her on Instagram and check out her Etsy shop, which is called Rosmarin Store. And I'm pretty sure I'm not saying that right at all. But of course, as always, I will link to it in the show notes. And I just wanted to end this episode by saying that I am on TikTok again. Yeah, I was there a while ago and ended up deleting my account, and I really don't even remember why <laughs> other than, I I don't know, I probably thought it was not something I was going to invest time in, but I'm there again, I guess, and if you're on TikTok, maybe follow me. If you're not, don't join TikTok just for me, because to be quite frank, my stuff on there kind of stinks, it's not very good, um, I, dev- I don't devote a lot of time to it, and When I do, the results are pretty lackluster and sometimes kind of weird. And I know that's kind of what TikTok is, but I really, um, am considering it to be more of an experiment for now. So I guess if you're, you know, a hardcore fan, you, you can follow me there (laughs) and hopefully I won't be too embarrassed, but one day perhaps I will spend more time there and, uh, get better at it and feel like I'm actually offering something to the people but for now it's just kind of goofing around anyway if you do want to follow me i'm moth and Rusty diy and if you follow me uh send me a message there and let me know that you found me through the podcast thank you again for letting me spend some time with you today i truly appreciate you more than i can say if you have any questions you'd like me to answer or something you'd like me to talk about on this podcast please do not hesitate to send me a message. You can reach me through my website, mothandrustdiy.com, or through Facebook or Instagram or, you know, TikTok. As always, I'll include links to everything that I spoke about in the show notes. If you enjoy this show, I hope you'll consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do that, please be sure to leave your Instagram handle so I can check out what you're up to and give you a shout out. Or share this episode with friends on your platform of choice, and be sure to tag me. To find free tutorials, patterns, and so much more, as well as links to all of my social pages and shops, or just to get in touch, visit my official blog at mothandrustdiy.com. Thank you once again. I hope you are well, and please take care.